Paul gives the purpose for why God has equipped some to be pastors and teachers. And he says simply this, I'll start in verse 11 just to, just to get at the beginning of the sentence. Paul says, and he himself, talking about Christ, talking about God's gifting in the church, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? For what purpose? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the perfect, I'm sorry, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but, in contrary to the deceptiveness, speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, namely Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, verse 11 through verse 16, is all one sentence. <laughs> and yet we have no time tonight to unpack that whole sentence. You could probably get at least three or four sermons out of there. Pastor Wayne could probably get ten if he wanted to out of those six verses. I want to focus in on verse 12. That is sort of our theme, and that is this, that God gives to the church pastors and teachers, and others as well, but specifically in our case, uh, the gifts of, of teaching and pastoring, and he gives us those gifts to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's the saints that do the work of the ministry. It's, it's you as people in the church. It's, it's those who we already know and have yet to meet in South Africa. They need to do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry, as you all know, and I know you've been taught here in the past, the work of the ministry is not reserved for the few people who are paid on staff to do full-time ministry. Yes, they are paid to do their jobs, and they are paid to lead you, and, and, and you follow them, and they are commissioned to bring the Word and to do other more upfront kinds of things, but you all know that you're all responsible for the work of the ministry. Uh, whether it's uh, Pastor Art or Pastor Wayne, they can't do all of the ministry on their own. They can't effectively reach into this community as well as the collective plurality of everybody here can reach into this community, right? And so the saints are to be equipped to do the ministry. The saints are the ones who carry out the work. The, the pastors and teachers are there to do the work. Yes, for sure, they're part of the group of the saints, but they're there to lead you and to guide you, to coach you, to, to challenge you, to correct you, to um, learn from you as, as well, and to equip all of us together in the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. And so for us, when it comes to our opportunities in South Africa, we've taken this verse as our theme because we see that it's very important that the saints, the Christian believers out there, need to be equipped. They need to have the tools that can be provided through good teaching, through good preaching, through discipleship. They need to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Why? So that the body of Christ 
can be edified, so that the body of Christ can grow. And if, if you read the rest of those verses, the, it's some complicated language, and again, we won't unpack all of them, but while I'm speaking, just read verses 13 to 16 again. There are a host of reasons why the saints need to be equipped. The primary reason is that they would be edified and that they would grow in the body of Christ. You see, God doesn't save us to just be saved and then sit around and do nothing until He returns. God saves us to serve Him. God saves us to bring others into a saving relationship with Christ. God saves us to effectively minister in the body of Christ in whatever way that you all participate in the ministry of this congregation. One of the other reasons why the saints need, need to be equipped is because there's a lot of false teaching out there. There's a lot of crafty people out there who sound pretty good. They sound like they have some truth, but they're really out there deceiving people. And they're pulling people away from the truth. They're pulling people away from sound doctrine. And they're teaching and preaching certain kinds of heresies. Now, in the context of Ephesians, there were some heresies, but in our context in South Africa, there are two really big heresies that we need to try to equip the saints to fight. The first is the influence of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, I know they're here too. Uh, they're, they're everywhere. But in this particular part of South Africa, the Jehovah Witness influence and, and the inroads that they have made are really strong, very powerful. And there seems to be a particularly aggressive form of the Jehovah's Witness project going on in Nizna. We need to equip the church leaders and the church people out there, those who haven't had the opportunity to have training to this point, we need to equip them to better understand what's going on in that cult. And quite honestly, not so that they'll get in all kinds of arguments with them, but so that they'll just be able to be solid in their belief and in their faith and not be drawn away into a denial of who Jesus is, because that's what that cult teaches, is that Jesus is less than what the Bible clearly says He is. So that's one uh, heresy that we need to watch out for out there, and we need to try as hard as we can to educate and to teach and to lovingly come alongside of the believers there and help them. The second one, in my opinion, is far more dangerous not because it's a worse doctrine, because any cult that would deny the deity of Jesus Christ is about as bad as it can get. But the other heresy that's really running rampant out there is one that we find here as well, and that is what we have come to call here in the States the health and wealth gospel. There are many, many people in South Africa that will use the term evangelical or Christian or born-again believer they'll use some of the same terms we do. They'll talk some of the same language. But they're doing a lot of what a, a lot of our TV preachers here in the States are all about. If you give me some money, then God will give this back to you. Or if you just believe and have faith, God's going to bring you out of debt. Or, and it's all right. The gospel has elements of truth in it because they'll preach Christ and They'll talk about the crucifixion, and they'll confess the, the truth of the resurrection, and they'll have some of those doctrinal things in hand. And yet, there's a lot of people being deceived because they're coming to Christ, not because they're repenting of sin, not because the Spirit has brought them to a place of saving faith, but they're coming to Christ, so to speak, 
because they think they're going to get something for it. And they look at some of these prominent leaders who are driving Rolls Royces and you know gold-rimmed tires and, and all of this stuff, and they're propping themselves up and saying, look at how much God has blessed me. Look at this. You can have this too if you just follow me. And they have the gospel. They have the content. They know the lingo. They know the phrases. They know the words. They even know some of the Bible verses. And yet it's a very insidious and deceptive thing. Um, maybe you in this room, us together, we may not understand how deceiving that heresy can be. But if you were living in one of those shipping containers, and that was your entire home, and you were trying to feed your family on what amounts to about $1,000 a year in U.S. dollars, um, you might be drawn into some of that theology yourself, right? And so we need to be very, um, very careful in how we bring people out of that, or at least away from that, and how we equip the saints to combat that. So we want to help people be equipped to edify the body of Christ. We want to help people be equipped to serve. We want to help people be equipped to fight heresy. And then finally, we want to equip people. We want to equip the church leaders in particular, but through the church leaders, equip the saints so that as a group in their local churches, in the places in which ministry is already happening, they can be equipped to be part of the growth of the body in love. Uh, We need to equip them so that they can have the heart and the passion and the burden to reach into their community in a loving way and say, friends, despite everything you've heard and all the noise around you, Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the life, and Him alone And if you follow Him, you too can experience the salvation that He offers. Those are the kinds of tasks that we need to equip the saints for. And so this has become our theme verse because we feel it's a very important part of missions. You know, missions back in the day, and I don't know when the day is, but you know, Uh, decades ago, missions was primarily about bringing the gospel to people who had never heard of it. The the emphasis was very much on evangelism. This is a brand new area. This is a brand new part of the world, or this is a brand new people group or language group. And you know, that is still desperately needed today. There are so many who have never heard, so many. And yet, um, Some African theologians that I've read and and, and I've talked to a few who are already ministering over there have said, yes, there are still unreached people groups and we still need to evangelize. We always need to evangelize, of course. He said, but, you know, in Africa, the West has done a pretty good job of at least getting Christianity over here. There are Christian influences in all kinds of different places, and the Christian lingo and the Christian culture is not really foreign to at least this particular part of South Africa to which we're going. But what I've been told and what I've been challenged with personally and what we as a family have been challenged with is that while the gospel has been there and is there and there is a strong Christian presence in some parts of the region, Um, the phrase that I was told was, it's a mile wide, but only an inch deep. In other words, it's it's there, 
the, the evangelists have come, the American missionaries and the Canadian missionaries from, from, from the West have, have, and European missionaries have come and they've, they've spread the gospel, but now we need another wave. We need another generation. We need another round of help and assistance to deepen the faith, to take it now in depth. It doesn't mean we won't evangelize, right? It, it doesn't mean we won't spread Christianity. Of course we will. Of course we will. But in the process of doing that, we're going to be particular looking for places where we can take the Christian faith that already exists and try to help people deepen it, understand it better, be more committed to it, be more equipped, equipping the saints, be more equipped to stand against the attacks of the enemy in the world in which they live. So that is our goal. It's based on uh, this passage of Scripture. So as God brings us to your mind in prayer and in remembrance, we would ask that you would specifically pray that we would be effective in our equipping ministry so that the body of Christ in this beautiful part of God's world would be better able to handle the issues, to confront the problems, and to reach out with the love of Christ in their community. Again, thank you so much for your time, your attention. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then Pastor Art will come and close the service.